Communications Manager for SCLO Center Region Library. We are located in the heart of downtown State College on the corner of Beaver Avenue and Allen Street. And this episode is dropping on Wednesday, November 13th, 2019. So we got a couple more weeks uh, till Thanksgiving, and uh, I'll talk a little bit more. We have um, our Thanksgiving hours coming up that uh, you'll want to pay attention to in terms of the library being closed um, around the holiday. But this episode is sort of uh, uh, bringing you up to date on what's going on with SCLO and other libraries when it comes to the digital world. Uh, a couple months ago, we had an episode where we talked about some of the conflict that's been happening between some publishers and public libraries. Uh, publishers are changing their how and when library users can access their ebooks and e-audio books. And about a month and a half ago, end of September, SCLO officially joined in a boycott effort. They, uh, we are the library is boycotting Simon and Schuster and Blackstone Audio, uh, boycotting their e-audio books, their audio books, and other uh, libraries across the country have been boycotting publishers. Uh, one of the primary publishers they're looking at is Macmillan. And so a lot has been happening, and we thought it would be a good chance to update you on what's been going on, what is what might be happening in the future, as we, um, I think all of us, and publishers, li libraries, uh, government, because uh, things are taking place now in government with the American Library Association uh, drafting an antitrust uh, letter up to Congress, which you'll hear about in this episode, as we are just trying to update you on what, what's been going on. So I'm I'll be joined ag again by Brady Clemens, our district consultant, and Maria Birchill, who is our head of adult services, as they really have been keeping up to date on the situation, keeping on top of things, and helping SCLO navigate what's been going on with, uh, with the publishers that, that SCLO deals with. So hope you enjoy my conversation with Maria and Brady as we update you on the uh, boycott situation. We're about a month and a half in since SCLO announced that it would be boycotting some publishers for their, their digital uh, procedures, digital implications they put in, um, plans they put in, and so Brady Clemens and Maria Birchill joined us again to give us an update and then talk about the current state of affairs, I guess, with libraries and publishers. Um, I guess, so, so first of all, since SCLO joined this boycott or be, um, announced it would be boycotting end of September, what have you seen? Any changes in, in procedures or anything? So I think the first thing that we've seen is that we have since been joined by three other library districts across our state um, in an actual boycott, which is very gratifying. The more of us who take a stand on this issue, I think the more likely we are to see results. Uh, we've also heard from some libraries that are serving larger urban areas that they're not going to go the route of a boycott, uh, but 
especially the changes with Macmillan lending, where you can only buy one copy for a certain amount of time, regardless of the number of people that you serve. Uh, and only after that certain period of time passes, then you can buy more copies. Uh, we have heard from several that this is leading to a shift in their purchasing, where you know they may be serving half a million people in their service area, and so you can't have just one copy for those people. So they're delaying purchase until almost the end of that embargo period, because it's just not acceptable to only have a copy of a popular title with you know, maybe 300 people waiting and no, no relief to that situation that's going to be close at hand. Uh, the other thing that we're seeing is we have seen uh, one of the larger library systems in the country, the King County Library System that encompasses Seattle, uh, has gone ahead with the boycott of Macmillan in response to these changes. Uh, even though our boycott is focused on Simon & Schuster and Blackstone Audio for their changes, uh, Macmillan, with their actual embargo of new titles, has become sort of the focal point of a lot of this frustration that's um, about publisher terms in general. Yeah, I think King County's uh, move to join the boycott is especially impactful because they're the largest uh, library in the country purchasing the or they're not the largest library in the country but they're the largest library purchasing purchasing the largest number of ebooks in the country hmm. so the fact that they are saying okay this is our budget and we're not going to choose to spend it at Macmillan is a i think it speaks volumes for the country, the libraries across the country that would like to join but maybe are not in the same situation or aren't able to are you, what has been, I guess, publishers' responses to libraries taking these actions? What have you seen? Um, I know some have released letters or whatever, but what well, have you noticed? Yeah. We've, had, we've had one personal response from Blackstone Audio about the, the boycott, but separately and sort of more largely focused, there was a recent letter by John Sargent, who's the CEO of Macmillan, and Brady, you want to talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, sure. So uh, when we talk to Blackstone, and, and this has been the response that we've heard other libraries getting, they really wanted us to understand why they were doing what they're doing, which is to say certain content is going to be made available to people who subscribe to Amazon's Audible, but that content isn't going to be available to libraries. Their stance is that, you know, they are a business, they do have to take care of their authors, and so they see it as a trade-off where we aren't getting certain content, but we're getting most of it. And to them, because we're getting most of it, that makes that trade-off acceptable. Um, but from our point of view, we really feel that library patrons should have access to all of that content, that it shouldn't be a tiered system where, you know, if you can afford to subscribe to Audible, you can access that, uh, but if you can't afford to, then it's sort of, well, you know, whatever you can get through your public library. Hmm. What Macmillan is saying to the library community is essentially an acknowledgement that they botched the rollout of these new terms. Uh, the letter uh, 
apologized for not addressing it to libraries as well. The original uh, announcement of their terms were only addressed to authors and, and sellers, but not to libraries, so that led to libraries feeling that we were excluded from this conversation. Their stance is that they talked to libraries about what we wanted, and this odd hybrid model of you can only buy one copy for a certain period of time, but you own it in perpetuity. After that initial period ends, you can buy more copies at a lower cost, but they expire, was trying to thread this needle of, we hear libraries saying we want to own things in perpetuity. We also hear them saying that, you know, they cost too much. So they tried to do both, and they made nobody happy, uh, basically, in this. And so some of their top brass have committed to going to ALA Midwinter in Philadelphia uh, in what I think is a good faith effort to show that they do want to work with libraries and they do want to listen to us. Uh, so perhaps the trade-off of most of the anger being focused on one publisher has actually led to the potential that there could be some results now. Sure. And then, of course, you have... Um the movement by ALA to bring an antitrust suit or a letter, at least, a strongly worded letter to Congress. So the other development that's been interesting, uh, something that we heard when we were putting together the boycott was skepticism that a boycott was the best route because the problem at heart is, is a legislative one. When we're talking about items in print, we have certain rights under current copyright law and other laws to own that, to do with it what we wish after we own it. Mm-hmm. To lend it to other people. Right. Mm-hmm. And those, those same rights don't exist in the digital sphere. The other thing that's been happening is more and more content, not just ebooks and digital audio, um, but certain streaming movies, mm-hmm. other digital content that's being produced simply isn't being made available to libraries in the way that, that it used to be. And so the American Library Association looks at this and says, well, this, this is a, a legislative issue. They've submitted a brief to the House Judiciary Committee with their subcommittee on sort of antitrust to say that the fact that Amazon is now one of the largest publishers and they simply choose to not allow libraries to purchase any of that content at any price that certain streaming platforms those movies those shows that are being produced Mm -hmm. some of which are very popular some of those are made available for libraries to purchase and add to the collection but some of that just isn't getting that far so what they're saying is all across the spectrum digital content, books, movies, certain music, textbooks, uh, scholarly publications, which Mm -hmm. has been a problem for our peers in academic libraries for quite some time. All of this adds up to be a serious problem for libraries, and because a handful of, of companies control those different markets, this is an issue about monopoly and and antitrust. Mm -hmm. And it also undermines our federal what do you call it the um, 
our, our obligation. Our obligation, yeah, as cultural curators, right? I mean, we're supposed to be you know, holding on to this material. We're supposed to be acquiring this material so generations that come after us can see it, can experience it. And if the libraries aren't doing that, aren't because they don't have access, who is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you heard from um, patrons? Are you he- hearing much from patrons? Are, are patrons in terms of um, any impact or are they any s- support for what's been happening? We've only heard from a, a limited number mm-hmm. of people. Uh, what has been interesting, though, is that when the American Library Association decided to you know, focus just on Macmillan, there was a very public phase to that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, as we also did, asking people to consider contacting the publisher. They put together a petition that garnered you know, 100,000 signatures um, with the idea that it shouldn't just be libraries, but library users who are impacted by these changes to help put pressure on it. And I think at least that particular push in getting a response from Macmillan mm-hmm. and getting them to go to ALA uh, later on this year, early next year, uh, it worked in some sense. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah. How do you think that winter meeting will go with them? Do you see any... Uh, compromises, changes that I, could come out of that? Yeah, I, I don't know if there'll be any immediate changes because changing the lending model isn't something that happens overnight. Mm-hmm. What I am hopeful is that this can be the beginning of a more productive dialogue where not just you know the publisher commits to you know trying to be more mindful about libraries and that we are a large customer of their materials Um, but also we need as libraries to keep in mind that with digital materials by nature they can't ever come to us on the same terms that that we're used to in print I think there has to be some compromise partway through and if we both walk away from the table thinking that you know the publisher isn't completely happy and we aren't totally happy either but we've come up with something that works that most importantly of all makes sure that patrons can access these materials that's the main thing mm-hmm. and the author gets paid exactly that's important too yeah. yeah it seems like i mean it seems like we're all you mentioned the this the antitrust going to congress and we're still trying to figure out the digital age like you said mm-hmm. it's no longer you know hard you know with the books there were strict their laws but it seems like even all sides are still figuring out how to navigate so all sides are happy and yeah. I mean do you sense um you know with the what how libraries are and publishers can maneuver those and, I think and there are make everyone happy <laughs> I think there are different rules in different countries too because I have vague recollection of the UK's um Library lending policy, I think the authors get paid per circ or get paid a portion per, per uh, lending mm. of their uh, title that they've created. Mm. So, I mean, there are, I'm sure, options out mm-hmm. there where, you know, the author gets paid, the publisher gets paid, mm. the library has um, still a place as cultural, cultural curators. Mm. Has... 
anything been impacted at Sclow specifically? Have you, um, in terms of what you can do with the collections uh, on, on oh, the yeah. digital? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've already looked at our at the audio books that are coming out, and we go, oh! <laughs> Darn! <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have had some that... Uh, like, for instance, you know, because we are avoiding purchasing audiobooks that expire, that's our issue with, with the publisher changes, that has led to us not purchasing certain new best-selling titles. Mm. Um, I think we skipped the newest David Baldacci as audiobook we did, because it was... and the newest James Patterson as well. Yeah, we've made them available in other formats so that people can still read it, which is the important thing. Um... But we have adjusted our, not how much we're spending, but what we're spending it on sure. and which mm-hmm. publisher. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very interesting. Our vendor has, uh, has options for us to look at self-published mm-hmm. uh, catalogs as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those, when a lot of those that we can purchase are, are at a lower price and are um, you know, owned in perpetuity, mm-hmm. which means that, you know, we can get a, some quality content for a, mm-hmm. a long period of time. We have also had some really good luck with uh, publishers like Baker Publishing House uh, that publishes a lot of Christian fiction, Amish fiction, which is very popular, um, cozy mysteries, mm-hmm. you know, historical romances, all of which circulate very well. So we're still choosing materials that are in demand that people are really interested in we do see these items go out that there are a lot of people waiting if it's a series we try and make sure to get the next couple Mm -hmm. because then people snap them up too Mm -hmm. Uh, it just means that we've had to avoid a handful of those big bestsellers because of the terms that they're being offered in audio Mm -hmm. content right Right. and it's important to emphasize that because you know our ebook budget is bigger mm-hmm. than our audiobook budget. Mm-hmm. And so we're still buying ebooks by James Patterson and David Baldacci and Lee Child and and Nora Roberts. You know, those are you're you're going to see all of those on the virtual bookshelf. Mm-hmm. It's just that you may not see the the audiobook of the mm-hmm. new James Patterson. Not yet, but if if you look at the physical shelves, you will find mm-hmm. it. <laughs> um uh, Bray, since you travel around the district, what are, um, are people from the other libraries, what, are they expressing any concerns or, or what are they um, sensing? We, we haven't really heard uh, a lot from the other libraries mm-hmm. in our district. And I think part of this is with our budgets, there's always a limit to how much you can spend on materials. So we've always had to make choices about what we can offer and um, in what format that it can be offered. Um, So I think that because we haven't gotten around yet to some of the ideas we tossed around earlier about, you know, maybe some type of notification, if they request an item in that format that we're not going to buy, they would get a message to say, well, we're not going to purchase this, and here's why. Contact the publisher to express your interest in seeing fairer terms for library patrons to be able to access it. Mm -hmm. Um, In the absence of that messaging and with the ability to recommend a particular title or version to the library, 
I think perhaps it hasn't been kind of spread out as much as far as the message that it's not just that we're we're not choosing to purchase this or you know you request it and kind of don't think about it anymore um, but there's a, a messaging avenue and piece that that we haven't fully explored yet to help continue getting that word out there about the boycott and why we're choosing to make the decisions that we are as far as collection spending. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess so long as we wrap up, um, what are what are some next steps? Are there things that you think patrons should know about or can do, or and what are what do you foresee as the next few months happen, happening? <laughs> so. With this boycott, our intention was generally always to kind of take stock as we get towards the end of six months mm-hmm. and say, is this having an impact? Is this effective? Are there other avenues that we could pursue? So I think what we're looking at uh, between now and then is continuing to monitor the situation, mm-hmm. uh, continuing to look at ways to get information out there to ask patrons that you know, if this is an issue that they are concerned about to contact certain publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, Keeping an eye on the national scene to yeah. see you know, how other libraries are joining in. Um, how other libraries are maybe trying to convey this message to Washington, mm-hmm. you know, because I think, I mean, ultimately it's the, the laws have to change mm-hmm. to protect um, libraries and ultimately patrons' access mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to this material. Mm-hmm. But that's farther <laughs> in the future, I'm sure. Not in the next six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I think, too, that mostly we've only seen Macmillan because that's been the focus of, of the larger push. Uh, if we started to see other publishers at least express a willingness to do what Macmillan is doing and to show that they're interested in what we have to say and willing to listen, mm-hmm. then I think that would definitely inform our consideration of whether to say, okay, you know, we're going to keep boycotting after this, or okay, they've come to the table, and that's what we wanted, so mm-hmm. we're going to draw back from that now. Okay. All right, anything else you think people should know about um, or that when it comes to <laughs> this issue? Or? Well, if it's an issue that they're interested in, it's never too late to send an email or tweet at some of the publishers. Yeah. Uh, if you mm-hmm. go to the library's website and look up the information about the boycott, the contact information for the publishers that we're choosing to boycott is there, so you can certainly take a minute or two and let them know what you think. Great. Well, thank you for keeping us updated on it as we <laughs> see what happens uh, down the road, and uh, thank you again. a link on the episode page of this podcast that will take you to the uh, news about the boycott uh, or if you just go to sclolibrary.org and type boycott in the search box it will it will um, 
direct you to where there's information about it. There's FAQs and questions. And of course, if you have any questions that aren't answered, uh, uh, please ask anyone at the library, at the uh, patron services desk, adult services, just call in and we can fill you in on what's, what's happening. And what else is happening at SCLO? Uh, I mentioned earlier we are approaching Thanksgiving, so just to keep note of uh, the special hours, on Wednesday, November 27th, the library closes at 6 p.m., and then the library will be closed on Thanksgiving Day, November 28th, as well as Friday, November 29th, the day after Thanksgiving, and then we'll be reopening on Saturday, November 30th. So just to keep that in mind in case you want to or having family, friends uh, visit for Thanksgiving and want to get uh, movies or uh, materials for that weekend that, uh, that we will be closed um, starting on Wednesday, November 27th at 6 p.m. and then, then won't be reopening again until Saturday, November 30th. On, speaking of Thanksgiving, on Sunday, November 17th, the Children's Department is having an event, uh, Give Thanks. The uh, children can make leaf bookmarks and Cheerio, Cheerio corn on the cob and candy corn turkeys. Uh, that's from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. in our children's department. And then SCORE will be back in our community, community room with a seminar, Writing a Business Plan. This is on Thursday, November 21st at 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Uh, register online at sclolibrary.org. And, of course, all of our events can be found at sclolibrary.org. And you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. And I want to thank Brady and Maria again to, uh, to joining us to give us an update on the boycott situation. And please know that SCLO is in all public libraries across the country that are figuring this out and working with publishers in taking the, and libraries that are taking these actions are doing so, trying to what, do what's best for, for you that to, so you can have access to these digital books and audio books. Hope everyone has a great rest of the week and weekend. And until next time, we hope to see you at Sklo Library.